All right, so here's the Department of Player Safety 366 days ago. <laughs> Never are players allowed to retaliate in an illegal fashion. This was a forceful and illegal hit delivered to a defenseless opponent for the purpose of retribution and message sending. Such plays will not be tolerated. That was the Wingles cadre exchange. Game one last year. A year later, he does it again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, and we're talking about it with you, 617-779-7937. How long should Kadri be out for? The NBC and, guy said 10 games. He did? NBC, somebody on yeah, NBC said 10 games. I heard that, yeah. And it's it's hilarious because it's almost the exact same situation, not in terms of, not even in terms of on the ice, but like in terms of the situation. Third period, I think they were down 4-1 last year, 3-1 three, this year. It was 3-1, I just looked it up, yeah. Okay, and then 3-1 th- uh, this year? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, wild. Good for Kadri. <laughs> he's, he's learned his lesson, obviously. Uh, he did come back last year for games five, six, and seven. Uh, Calvin and I, I were trying to reflect what impact he had later in that series a year ago. They did win games five and six, so he obviously had some impact. But they're going to miss him. They don't have much center depth beyond Tavares and uh, Austin Matthews. And even Matthews right now is in some questions. So if they're a two-line team going forward, that's tough. But the Bruins have some injuries, too. I mean, I know Kalman said he wants him in the series uh, to, to face the music, but he was one of their best players yesterday. Yeah. So I'm fine with him being out of yeah. the lineup, if we're being honest. If, well, yeah, but what I'm saying is if he's out there, Char is going to beat him to a pulp, but he's not going to be able to play. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But I don't know if I want that for the Bruins, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's only five minutes. That's the beauty of hockey. You can still obliterate him and get five minutes in the box. John Tavares was one of uh, a couple Leafs players who thought the knee-on-knee prior to that was dirty. Oh, God. You're not going to play Tavares on, I hope, because that'll put me right to sleep. That will finally put me I'm to sleep. I'm just going to read his quote. We thought okay. it was knee-on-knee. He was asked uh, you know, whether it was dirty. So we thought it was. Luckily, uh, there was no serious injury. Something like that could be very serious. It's not easy to turn the other cheek. This is Tavares after the game. And the only thing Babcock said was the refs let a lot of stuff go. Now, uh, Pete, last night you had said of the knee-on-knee hit, a bad hit with no intent. Yeah, I think I stand by that. I think I don't think DeBrusque was going for the knee. It was a uh, it was an ugly result. But you know, a bad but a bad hit though, like it should have been a penalty. Well, you thought if it was if it was delivered ideally, it would have been a good hit. But he he hit him with the knee first, and I think that part of that is on Kadri for trying to trying to avoid it and trying to jump out of the way. I right. think that's where uh, the knee-on-knee happened. But it, as it happened, I think that that was uh, that's a that's a play that sometimes get gets penalized for knee on knee. So you would have preferred to see the refs whistle that at least just a two minute minor. So you agree? With, I would not have had a problem with it if they whistled it. I mean, they, they they there's a kneeing call, right? They could have done it, and also because but, it's happening in live and in full speed, it looked knee on knee, right? That's what everyone's first tweet is probably after that happens. You, you also call it. tripping there too, right? So you. If you're watching it live, you don't have the the super slow motions. I could see them calling a penalty there. But he has the, he has the puck. I mean, they're both reaching for a puck. It's right. sort of a fifty fifty play, like you say. Kadri leaps and tries to avoid it, kind of leaps into him a little bit. I, I just thought it was incidental, and uh, but the instant reaction was not only a penalty should be called. There, there was some DeBrusque should be suspended for it, which is crazy. But you know what Don Cherry would say about that? Stop Quit whining. whining. I guess. I think it's more like Star Warner. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think the biggest thing to look at for DeBrusque is, is his positioning when he was, when that happened, because his weight was on his front leg, and... Which is how it has to be, though. If you're going to lay a check into somebody, though, right, you have to sort no, of No, but that, that's exactly what I'm saying. He was going for the check. He yeah, wasn't extending yeah. the knee, right. because 
in that situation, if he's if he's trying to take out his knee, that's a good way to blow out your own knee. So I I I feel like there was no intent there. And honestly, if how would there be intent there? How quickly did you see how quickly that happened coming out of the box? That whole sequence took about two seconds. And yep. he, has, he has no history of anything even close. The only the only reason why anybody is questioning that is because of the stuff that happened in the first period right, and the stuff exactly. that happened in game one. If yeah, it was any other history, player yes. other than DeBrusque, nobody would be talking about this. Right. 617-779-7937. Freddie in New Hampshire is pretty much checked in every week. He's no whiner. We'll see he what he thinks have, about the he hit. You better have something nice to say about David Backus. Fred, yeah. Calvin stayed up all night for you. Would you say thank you, please? Thank you, please. <laughs> uh, last week, I got to apologize. I did the title Sagan. I overslept, and it wasn't it wasn't even the same time zone. Anyways, um, you guys, what did we see last night? Wow, that was amazing. Okay, Backus, twelve minutes plus, and he has seven hits. Yeah, I'll say something nice about him. That was, uh, and then the, the assist and the first goal, the guy was on. But Pasta, what was he? A man possessed? <laughs> what the heck last night? The guy got, what's he go, uh, 188 pounds, and he was slamming people all over the place. You you just had, you know, that's why that is the greatest game going. That is the best sport in the world, what we saw last night. I mean, your your energy level had to be, you know, 100%. DeBrusque, his dad, I know his daddy is proud of him, but DeBrusque last night, he took the cadre egg. You know, I didn't even like those things when I got them for Easter. <laughs> that that friggin' guy, I you know, uh, just bring him back so we can pound him some more. I, I just, uh, that, you know, that, that guy bothers me. You know, and uh, I just, the game last night was such a thing of beauty. I mean, the Bruins played like a Bruin. They they took care of business, and they, they on both ends, and... It was just, it was just something to see. I, I'm just, you know, I'm still just, I'm, my heart's racing. I didn't sleep very good, good last. <laughs> Are they in control of the series, Fred? Are they in control? No, one game does not, one win does not make a series. You got to win all four. So what I want them to do is go and and every game during all these series. If you got to get up one nothing, you're down one nothing. You get up two nothing, you're down two nothing. You play like that right to sixty minutes. And if you play like that, you're going to end up in June. We're having a parade, okay? But there's nothing. Nothing's won yet. It's one to one. We go back. We go back. We go up to Toronto, and beautiful city. Love it. And uh, we just we t- have to take care of business. We we uh, go with that mindset. If you go up one nothing, you're down one nothing. You right. go up two nothing, you're down two nothing. You know, today's Palm Sunday, and we get two hours. So Easter, we get six. We're working on it. Yeah, but it We're starts at like 3 a.m. <laughs> you're going to do the, you're gonna, 3 to 9. You're it's, in for the first hour, Fred. It's, yeah, all, it's, all, it's all part of Dale's, Dale Arnold's conspiracy to make sure no one ever hears any hockey talk that's not coming out of his mouth. See yeah, if Fred... That, oh, good. That, that's what it is with Dale? Exactly. I know. Uh, I, I always uh, thought that about that guy. <laughs> Rest anyway. up for tomorrow, Freddie. I will. They need you for the pregame uh, uh, motivational I think, speech. I think the highlight of that call is it sounded like there were people in the background. He has a family? Yeah, I know. I, Fred I has a family. I think you have to uh, change your headline to uh, the Bruins played like a Bruin. Bruins <laughs> played, right. played like a Bruin. That's great.
pasta was hitting people. Pasta Don't poke the bear. Pasternak had the critical turnover in game one, would you say? Or I mean, some people were blaming DeBrus for not handling it at the blue line, mm. but it's sort of a, a flippant, lazy pass going wide. Yeah, I don't know. Why was DeBrusque even out there? That I mean, is strange, I never too. got an answer on that. I mean, was, uh, Tory Krug was out there. The pass was probably intended for Tory Krug. Uh, DeBrus basically intercepted it, so I never had, I never quite got what was going on there. That leads to the penalty shot eventually and the, the martyr goal, which which was the game winner. I wonder if Pasternak had a talking to of sorts from Cassidy after the first game, or if he just, uh, whatever. He was motivated last night. It was obvious. He played much, much better. You know what? They practiced the next day. That doesn't usually happen in the playoffs. Maybe bag early skate. you will. It wasn't a bag skate. It was a, it was a hard, very focused practice on uh, you know moving the puck and things like that. And clearly they, they had to get back to attention to detail and just play play smarter. And that goes back to what we were saying. I think they, they did take it. I mean, Marshan even said it, so you can't argue it. He said we thought it was going to be easier than it was. And Does anybody feel like they're in control here? Because I certainly don't. <laughs> Nobody's in control of this thing because you don't even know who's going to be playing in the next game. That's true. Well, right. There's a couple factors here. First of all, if they lose Krug for the series, that's significant. I know people will say... Um, you know, Logan Grizzly's a liability, yeah, or what? You know, which he can be, but can they win this series without Tory Krug? Um, yes. I think it's. A, yeah, I, I, I think already can. Yeah. But. I mean, I, it, yeah, I don't. I think I think Grizzly is at the point he can handle that for this series, playing with Carlo's second pair. It's, but then, the trickle down effect if Clifton's out yeah. too, then you're dipping the, into the right campers. The third, and the, as, as the series wears on, the third pair is going to play less and less. I mean, right. you already started the series. Babcock doesn't play his fourth line at all. I mean, the, the minutes are going to get cut back and cut back anyway. It's not going to matter. And Camfer, if he's going to give you eight minutes, he's going to give you eight minutes, and that'll be fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, the Leafs have top-end talent. We've seen that. Mitch Marner is is he the best offensive play uh, between Marsha and Pasternak? He's good. He's right up there. He's in right. the conversation with all these guys. And the goaltending, to go there. Here we go. Pete gave our, even after the loss, edge Freddie Anderson last night over, over Tuca. It was a little veiled shot at, at Rass last night. You're praising Freddie Anderson after the Bruins win. So let's have at the Tuca talk. Oh, well, I think it's it's pretty much a wash at this point. And, and I think that it's, it's a similar situation where after game one, I feel like Freddie Anderson wasn't tested in game one. The Bruins didn't have enough of a sustained attack. And name me, name me a couple of saves that Freddie Anderson made in, in I game found one. one. I found the backhander from Hyman. <laughs> Congratulations for period. finding one save one. from 60 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way about Tuga. I mean, Tuga had, had a, a really solid, I'll say he had a good game last night. But was he great? I don't think he was, I don't think he was great. I think, I think I don't want to. He was, he was, he was, an, he was enough. Speaking, he was good speak, enough. Speaking for the Tuca Apologist Society, I can go through my pages here. I can find probably at least five asterisks, which means great save. And I think a lot of the, what you're saying is product of the fact that they played such a better sound defensive game. And the fact is, this is what goes back to people always complaining, oh, Tuca doesn't do the Tim Thomas flips. He doesn't do the stand on his head. He doesn't make them. Because he doesn't have to. The play, Bruins play defense in front of him, and he is excellent Excellent at anticipating and positioning himself. That is why this doesn't happen. Now, there are times that call for an acrobatic save that maybe he doesn't do those, but those are so few and far between that it's ridiculous to call for that. And so last night, I say there were there were three or four. Like you said, you had said that it, it, it was basically a one-goal game if if, yeah. uh, if Nealon doesn't cough it up. These are, these are pressure go, pressure situations where he made some really excellent saves. Yeah, that, I, I'm not saying that he, yeah. he that he didn't have good saves or anything like that. I'm saying that that, that wasn't a game that they needed to rely on Tuca. Right. And uh, although at in the this third point, period when the Leafs were coming on and they got the goal, 
Made some nice saves. And the momentum was going their way. That 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 was the you know, if they got the next goal, everyone was gonna right. start grabbing out to their seats. Uh I, I just think at this point, after what I saw last night, I would probably have more faith and I would put a little bit of an advantage in Freddie Anderson's corner if someone has to seal a game. Because Freddie Anderson was great last night. Uh he made a number of unbelievable saves. And had that been a closer game, and like I said, it it was it should have been a one goal game. Had that been a closer game, Freddie Anderson had the potential to be a difference maker. And I, I agree with that, actually, because no one's going to believe me because I didn't actually say it in public. But in my head, if the Bruins had lost last night, regardless of whether Tuca had a hand in it or not, I was going to say to maybe change goalies just to change things up. Wow. If the Bruins had lost. But, well, didn't happen. Flip back to game one. There were two columns about Tuca Rask. Despite the four-one loss, were th- were three oh, of them on a breakaway or an odd man break? Well, you know all this clickbait. Should we even talk about it? But but it was but fans. It, it's fans. there for a reason. People My, click on it for a reason. There there are some fans who just defaulted to Rask needs to be an ace in those situations. Come right. up with breakaway stops. It's it is amazing to me. My my uh, my favorite was. I mean, I love Fluto. I think Fluto is great. But I thought it was hilarious that in his intro paragraph for his uh, article calling out Rask, it says. The, the task, albeit unreasonable. Albeit unreasonable. Yeah, it's like, right. are you kidding me? Well, if that's in the opening graph, why are you writing about this? When it's the an Bru- unreasonable The headline task. is, when the Bruins needed big-time saves, Tuka Rask could not deliver. Albeit unreasonable, oh, it's one an ace has no choice but to address. Whatever. Did you see Vasilevsky? I mean, we're, yeah, we're right. talking about aces here, you know? Did you see Pecorino last year? Do you see all these guys? Oh, my God, even Pecorino when, when he went to the final. This is not the way it works in the playoffs anymore. It's a different NHL. The 930 save percentage in the playoff is not happening. This is 908, 910 at your best you're going to have. The fact that Mike Smith might be the best goalie in the playoffs <laughs> right now says that none of us know Has he really? anything we're talking about. Yeah, he had a shutout in the first game. He was pretty good last night. He's been very, very good. Wild. Pete that was up stinks. like blogging the Calgary game till two thirty in the morning. That's what, that's why he. <laughs> but then he went he's to sleep. Next level. I know. So who's the tougher man here? Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Calvin has stayed up all night. Jared in the car next on Sunday Skate with Pete Blackburn and Matt Calvin. Hi, Jared. Good morning. I'm, I'm glad you pointed out that that the game was really only two to one until they got that that gift. If I were Anderson, I would have decapitated. Uh, <laughs> nice. I mean, really, More violence. What a, thing, what a thing to do to your goalie, and in a game that. That they they might have you know they might have won it uh, won. I mean they were not they didn't quit at all, and um, and they did pepper Rask a lot and he did make some acrobatic saves in the in the third period. But the thing about him, which is really impressive, is that how many times he just takes it right in the middle of his body, and that's because he anticipates. Right. He's got the angle. He's so steady and sure we all love Tim Thomas who's you know, a one, once-in-a-lifetime uh, series, you know, playoff a goalie to watch. But I don't think, you know, Rask lasts for a long time, and if the defense doesn't let him down, he'll, he'll win them the series. Exactly. Thanks, Jared. Um, I would say, based on last year, Pete, with the third period in Game 7 that An- that Freddie Anderson had, I, I would not... I can't give Freddie Anderson the edge in the series, but based on the first two games, he's yeah, been the better goal. Yeah, the past two games. I said yes, coming into the series yes. that I thought Freddie Anderson would be a reason that the Leafs lost. So far, he's looked very good. So it's a coin toss. I mean, now we'll go back to Toronto where the Leafs won that game three last year, 4-2. to two. Uh, It was a close game. It was like 2-2. And then uh, I think Matthews scored his only goal in the series in that mm. game. He got loose, and yeah. you thought, okay, this is where he's going right, to break exactly. out. And it never continued. 
So that'll be a continuing theme going forward. Um, Backus, now, he, he was in for game two. Should he be like an every-other-game guy? I mean, can they, <laughs> He, first of all, he's making six million a year, so you well, they don't have they don't have a choice right now because if even if DeBrusque is is healthy and in there, you need to have a guy like the the Brackus in there to make sure no one's yeah. going for DeBrusque. Because you know, look at that. If Kadri's out, the Bruins don't get at him. But if the Leafs really think that DeBrusque did something wrong, if DeBrusque is in there, does he have to answer for it? It could happen. So you need to have Bacchus in there to step in because you don't want Jake DeBrus putting his head on the line against Fred Gauthier or some nonsense like oh, that. Oh, that would drive Toronto crazy. If Bacchus fights, fights again, oh, he's exactly. become a goon in game three. It's, it's a double whammy. You get Bacchus to fight, to stand up for DeBrus, and you stre- and you get all of Canada grasping at its pearls that he's going to put his brain on the line. Who was their columnist that wrote that? It was uh, oh, yeah, Schultz. He was Schultz. here. You, he was uh, here you got to send something at Schultz right now. <laughs> Bacchus is gooning it up in Game Three. Be ready. I hope yeah, I, th- so. I think while you have the advantage and while you have uh, while you're in Toronto's head, you have to keep Bacchus in the lineup because he maximizes your ability to to really get under their skin and to 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 test them mentally. Because I think that this has the potential of being a very mentally weak team. I think that they showed it last night. They were complaining straight out of the gate as soon as the Bruins got physical. Right. And I know the sound that you played from Don Cherry, that was in the first intermission, right? Yeah, exactly. They, they, that, they were complaining right out of the right. gate. And it was it was great to see because the Bruins weren't going to let up as, as, as long as that was happening. So, uh, yeah, I think that as long as you can pressure this team, you have to do it. And there were and there were times, but the you know, risk back, is back 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 becomes Bacchus, and he's but he did more than hit people <laughs> in this game, and so you have he to know because he, you know he 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 spotted in for Coleman a lot of shifts with Krejci and DeBrusque. Uh, he take you know he's out there for the second face off if somebody gets kicked out if it's Bergeron or Coyle get kicked out. He does so many other little things that you know clearly if he goes back to if he struggles you cut back his minutes. That's all you have to do. It's not a big deal, but you need to have him in there for the presence, and you have to hope that the day off. I mean, he he should be pretty rested. He didn't play a lot though at the end of the season, and you know let's face it, the guy thrives on this type of year. He talks about it all the time, and. He is. He gets so jacked up. I mean, you know, yeah. whether it was loud last night or whatever you want to say, Scotia Bank Arena is going to be the same. And he gets he he runs on adrenaline, adrenaline that guy, which so. it felt more intimidating as Air Canada Center for some reason. You name in like a bank, you know, it's just, I don't it's even know what they call notch. these places anymore. And Ken, you mentioned the fact that that there's a, the risk that the Bacchus goes back to Bacchus, and yeah. and uh, well, I think to answer that, you have to tell the the top talent on the scene, the top six, they need to score more. You right. need more results to make up for that because, like we've mentioned or like I've mentioned a million times, this is a closer game than the scoreboard said last night. Yeah, to, I mean Bergeron has scored a couple here, but that line has been a lot quieter than a year ago, much quieter. I mean, yeah, outplayed by Tavares wise, in sure, game but, one. Yeah. And good, not bad last night, but not dominant either. So it's it come back to earth a bit. Chuck in Plymouth next on Sunday skate. Hi, Chuck. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I want to kind of change gears a little bit. Talk about uh, Henry Winkler's doppelganger, Ponzarelli, <laughs> none other than John Tortorella. I love what he's doing to the Lightning. I mean, he won a cup there in 04, beating up Oginla. And now they're down 02. And I don't know if you guys heard or saw the F bomb diatribe that he went on before the game, but I mean, you want to talk about an axe to grind and have players play for their coach? I mean, that's, that's the best story going on right now, man. I'm loving it. I wanted to hear you guys weigh in on that series. Is it over? What's going on? Pete wrote at CBS Sports last night why the Lightning are going to a 2-0 hole, Chuck. So he, he's written about yeah. this specifically. He's an expert. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I mean, the blow by blow. I think through the first two games, if you're a Bruins fan, if you're a, if you're a Leafs yeah. fan, you look at what's happening, you are much less scared of this Lightning team because they look 
extremely, extremely soft. And I think that plays better into the Bruins' hand than it does into the Leafs' hand because of what we saw last night between these two teams. The Leafs are, are complainers, uh, and the Bruins can play really tough. If the Bruins played the Lightning like they played the Leafs last night, the Lightning might fold. Because, but they tried that last year, and Backus got hurt and was gone for the series. And I mean, It's it, not the same. They don't have all the same pieces as they did last year. Or, I mean, as they do this year. So I have more faith in this team going up uh, against against the Lightning just because you can see what's happening to the Lightning as they're pressured and their stars have folded. They have zero points between Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point through two games, which is insane. Their, their special teams has been terrible. Uh, I think that this is, this is a team that's going to be better, but as of right now, they've been pushed into a pretty dire hole by a Blue Jackets team that I don't think is all that good. Well, this is the dream scenario if you're a Bruins fan. You want a long series unlike, at a minimum, unlike last year when they rolled through the Devils, right? And uh, right. they were plenty rested to, to beat you in five, so it's all shaping up nicely even if they don't lose the series. So <laughs> uh, they're, they're obviously dangerous, but... Uh, Oh, you know, Tortorella, they were down 3 nothing in period one. I'm thinking Tortorella's going to get fired, but now, now he's a genius, you know? He called uh, he called Tortorella Henry Winkler's doppelganger. Uh, my son, who doesn't know who the hell Fonzie is because he's eight years old, thinks Tortorella looks like Abe Lincoln, so. Well, who was Cooper? Was uh, Somebody did a doppelganger Oh, Cooper, Cooper was Michael Keaton for oh, sure. I said that he was oh, uh, I thought, I said that he was John from Garfield. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yes. I saw you John from Garfield. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. But I, I always think he's Michael Keaton. <laughs> Uh, and hey, the good coaches in the in the conference ratcheting up. Florida just hires Quinville for next year, Coach Q. So uh, we're gonna have some interesting Atlantic Division play over the next few years. You can join us here on Sunday Skate six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Get back to the Kadri reaction. What's your thoughts on that? How long you should be out for? Who's in control of the series? The Tuca reaction from Game One. We'll hear from David Backus last night in the locker room, the uh, the dressing room after the game. Backus talking about. Uh, his effort and uh, what it was like to sit out game one. That's coming up on Sunday Skate, presented by Star Market and Wise Snacks on Sports Radio WEI. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Thanks for holding through the break, Darcy, and uh, welcome to the Dark Eye Show. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to give a big shout out to the Leafs Nation. I'm a huge Leafs fan out here. Any team in the playoffs right now with a hot goalie, they can go all the way, right? So I think you got to really like the least chances now knowing that, you know, anything is possible and getting that first win in Boston. And, and with having such a young, impressionable team, those kids now, they have the confidence. So tonight, if they come out of Boston with that, with another victory, it's just the confidence of a team can happen so fast in the first round of the playoffs. And if you get out of there in an early, you know, four or five game series, you never know what can happen. Well, Darcy, we appreciate your call today. I appreciate the support all the way from out in Calgary. Uh, hopefully you call in again next week when we're talking about... Uh the Leafs taking on uh, whoever they're going to be taking on in the second round. I'm just a huge fan of the Leafs. The so Gold Leafs go, and hopefully you're planning the parade soon, you know? All right. What? There's some TSN 1050 parade that routes is, being planned. That right is not now. real. That is 100% that, a parody. That is a Rick Moranis <laughs> SCTV <laughs> character. Well, that is Calgary. not Come a real on. That's person. That's definitely real. His name was Darcy? That is way too on the nose. Gold Leafs go, man. Well, and, and is, he's Darcy, and his dad's Gordy. <laughs> Give me also, a break. After game one, citing like the hot goaltender <laughs> as the reason why you're going to the Stanley Cup final, you didn't even get tested. That's oh true, not God. tested. Other than that backhand save on Heinen, five minutes to go in period one. Pete Blackburn's here. 
Matt Commons here. Uh, well, Sunday Skate, two hours today, presented by Star Market and Wise Snacks. We had a uh, back and forth this week with Dale Arnold as well, oh, uh, no. the host of Dale and Keith. Of course, what, you're, what? he's your colleague. He's your book guy. We went at him last week and ripped him for the Ovechkin, yeah. uh, uh, Marshan. Ovechkin couldn't carry Marshan's jock comment, so then we were going back and forth. And oh, all right. the, short, the short leash stuff, too. Yeah, just they, how yeah, short they the decided Tuka? that Tuka didn't have a short leash. Not short leash. So, but Dale what... responded to us, and he yeah. took a... I thought it was an uncalled-for shot at you, Calvin. But here's yeah. a little bit of Dale going back at us this week. If Toronto goes out and scores right. five goals in the first period in game one, yeah, you're probably going to make a goaltender change for that game. Yeah. But the idea that just because Yaroslav Halak's been good this year, really good, very good backup goaltender, that you're going to have a shorter leash on your starter, to me, is is not correct. Because here's what happens. You have that short leash, and you yank it. He's done. How do you go back to him? You don't. You can't. So so at that point, are you then deciding, you're in on you the know lock. what, Yaroslav Halak is our goaltender for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. Matt Kettleman co-wrote a really good hockey book. I've heard about I it. Actually, I've read re- it. Yeah. He's a real smart hockey yes. guy. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's dead flat wrong. Yeah, it seems wrong to me, too. Dead flat wrong, and Keith just threw. I mean, also jumping on. Uh, I, well, I wrote my response to them. It was on EI dot com. I mean, I don't know if if they know how to read, but if they read it, um, that's ridiculous. Did, <laughs> yeah, the, this did, is what did, you got yeah. a lock for. Did Dale read his read his book before you wrote it for him? Or? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the idea that you can't go to a different goaltender oh. and go back to the other guy in the playoffs is insane. Yeah, it, maybe, it happens every year. Maybe if you had like Ed Belfour or some maniac goaltender, but Tuka Rask is it'll be you know. Water off his back. He doesn't care. And you're all he in on the short leash. Win. You were ready to bench. I, I was not a for game three if I they am, had lost I'm last night. An advocate of why can't the goaltending system you use in the regular season work in the playoffs? If two games for one guy and one for the other worked, why wouldn't you maybe consider that? Unless the guy's so out of his mind. If Tuka has two shutouts, yeah, you ride him. But why wouldn't you maybe think about? Going Halak, and then you have a fresher Tuka Rask in Game Four, especially since you trust Halak and the team trusts him. Yeah, I think if you have two goalies that prove themselves during the regular season, your only responsibility is to play the hot hand in the playoffs. Toronto has not doesn't have that luxury, right? I mean, they're going to ride Anderson even if he yeah. stinks in this series. Yeah. Uh, well, they they tried to exile they tried to exile the backup goalie, yeah. and it didn't work. Sparks is back. Yes. Sparks is back because yeah. Hutchinson's wife had a baby. Hutchinson did not have the baby; his wife did. A lot of media reporting that Hutchinson had the baby. No, it's good clarification. Yeah. Now, uh, we've had some calls uh, for long suspensions from the Kadri hit last night, but none longer than Eddie Olchick. He was the guy. We tracked down the audio. Edzo mm-hmm. saying that he's going 10 games on this one. Here's what Eddie had to say. Not if he should get suspended. No. How long should he be suspended? Well, first off, it must be that area of the ice because that's exactly the same area of the ice last year when he hit Tommy Wingles. I say 10 games. Absolutely, without any hesitation, 10 games for that selfish play by Kadri. Yes, he took exception to the hit from Jake DeBrusque on his teammate Patrick Marlowe. He hit him right into the turnbuckle. But when you cross-check somebody in the head like that, you're going to pay. And he has a history. He's been suspended four times. So for me, Jonesy, this is pretty easy. You know, we throw 10 games out a lot. It's said a lot. And sometimes it's a reactionary thing. This is a 10-game suspension. Wow, even Jones is in, in for ten games. Keith Jones, yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't think that he gets anywhere near ten games. No, no but way. I would be, I would be surprised. I'd, I'd be surprised say five. at five. I mean, that, I guess, I guess I wouldn't be surprised at five, but that would be the max I would see. Ten games. This is pretty egregious. I mean, this isn't like I've said, like I said at the beginning of the show. This isn't a hockey play where you're trying to make a play on the puck no. and you get the guy in the head or you clip him. And this is intent to injure. This is so. 
they're saying 10. They're probably overreacting for NBC to get the clicks and get attention. It, it, maybe it falls in the middle. Maybe it's seven or eight. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think there are a lot of things to consider here. And, and one is, uh, you know, obviously the intent and to the context of, of everything that happened in that game between DeBrusque and Kadri. Right. And three is the exact same explanation that they used uh, for for his suspension last year and the same uh, reasoning that they use for for Kucherov right. and suspending him, it's a late game message sending play, and they don't tolerate that. Right. So those and, three factors right. are going to get you game on game on game, and I think you might end up with a significant suspension five to seven to eight games. And I would say, and I would actually just change your terminology just one bit to say it's not even a a play. Right. It's not a play in Incident. the game. Yeah. He wasn't carrying the puck and then so got cross-checked in the head. This guy is standing there and boom. So, Well, Kadri signed for three more years for $4.5 million per year average value. If you're the Leafs and he, if, if he, let's say he's gone for the series and Toronto loses this series again, where they've had, I mean, it's open now. Tampa's down 2 0. This is a huge moment in Leafs history. They have a chance with Tavares signing to make a run at this thing. They've got some top end talent. If he blows it for him again, <laughs> what do you do with this guy? It's, it becomes a Brad Marshall debate. They might have no choice. Of, uh, they know, might have no choice. Yeah, I, I just said in the break that I would 100% get rid of that guy because. There's just no way that you can trust a guy when it comes to the playoffs who has sabotaged your team two years in a row with stupid, selfish play because he can't control himself. What do you, th- what do you think Kyle Dubas's spreadsheets say about this? <laughs> did, did, he, did he predict this? Where's his spreadsheets well, he's be now? Fired by I mean, this is a guy who built the team where Kadri's the only sandpaper on the damn team. He thinks he's going to win the cup with no sandpaper because he's got, you know, numbers crunchers coming up with the formula that's going to win the Stanley Cup that's been 52 years. They haven't won one. He's got the magic potion, and uh, now he's going to trade that guy and not have any sandpaper on his team? I don't know. Well, I, it's obvious Kadri can't change. Players have. Marshawn has shown an ability to do it, although last year, it was a year ago, he licked somebody, so I guess we shouldn't get too far away. Oh, that's, that's funny. Let's, it's let's, not malicious. Let's, exactly. That's let's, pretty malicious. Let's divide You're spreading this. disease. You know, the Department of Player Safety probably is begging for the days of worrying about the lick. Then all this nonsense that's going on in these games now. But it is funny. But somebody asked Cassidy about Marchand last night. Well, just it didn't even apply. Really, it's just like uh, why well, had people coming at me that saying like how like you're a hypocrite. You have Marchand on your team. Yeah, and and people here were criticizing Marchand when he did stupid stuff to take himself out of the lineup in important games. And you know what? Were. But you know what too? When you look back at the Marchand thing. Johansson last year, the elbow to the head, I'll never understand that. The whole yeah. the whole defense of I was protecting myself, it, it makes no sense. And then even now, when they got Johansson, all of a sudden Marshan's like, it went from I was defending myself to, yeah, it was a stupid thing. I did. Every other one of his plays has been something within the game that got out of hand in the heat of the moment. The low bridge of Berovetsky, the low batch of Salo. These are things, these are plays that happen. The the slew foots, these aren't like, I'm going to go out of my way to tag somebody from behind. Well, maybe the Johansson one is, though. That's the one. That's right. So, out of, so when you say Martian's suspended four or five times, only one of them was something like that that was so injury causing. This is not, this is Nazmic Kadri twice. Yeah. If you don't want to, you know, the Wingles thing, maybe he's, this is, whether he has the puck or not, whatever's going on, these are two ice. These have been predatory. Right. Look at the look at the isolation cam uh, from Kadri last night. The, he's staring at DeBrusque for a good three to four seconds. You can see the wheels spinning in his yeah. brain, right. and then he goes. Yep. Which that that 
blows my mind more than anything, that he yeah. had time to think about it, right. and he still decided that that's what he wanted to do. And you can't put it all on Kajula. First of all, he's got a coach, right? The coach is the highest-paid coach in the league. Clearly getting out-coached in that game matchup-wise. Clearly he doesn't have his team under control. And this is the third year these guys have been in the playoffs. And with Don Cherry talking about them whining and the, the stupidity of Kadri, they, they acted like they weren't. They've never been in the playoffs before. It reminded me of the 08 Bruins when they hadn't been in the playoffs for a few years. A lot of guys, and they were playing Montreal, and Montreal would antagonize them, you know, whether it was Commissaric or La Perriere or whoever it was. They'd get on their skin. The Bruins would get retaliated, retaliatory penalties. Lucic got a suspension. They're whining to the referees. I mean, this team, it wasn't just Kadri. You know, Goche is a fourth-line center. He's complaining. All these guys going out of their way. Hyman, you know, we've seen him do stupid stuff before. And it's like they're they're in disarray after just one game. Right. That they're in the lead in the series in a game where they didn't play necessarily great. And so, you know, you got to wonder, the whole team, how, how are they going to respond? And how is this coach handling this team? The I would reason- say that's the biggest point I would say Boston's in control of the series, what you just laid out there. Yeah. More than anything else, talent-wise, X and O's, yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, the only reason that I don't blame Babcock in that situation, because there's six minutes left in the game. You're down by two goals. Kadri's been one of your best players. Well, I'm not yeah. blaming him for that one incident. I'm blaming him for the whole fact that the team right. was, was out, off the rails the whole game, whining and complaining. And then, even at that point, how are you not, like, and how is he not in control of himself? And right. how is the coach not have these guys coached? As to not bad, be that, that as, bad as the mind. officiating was, and I think the officiating really let things get out of hand way more than they should have. And if you want to make the argument that it's playoff hockey, swallow your whistles. Fine, whatever, but like they did not control that game, and that is their job. And uh, I just think that that if you're Babcock, you see that your team is crumbling because of that, and you don't reel them in, and you don't rein them in, or have and you the don't foresight, control right. your own roster. You, exactly. you knew Boston would come out that way. It was so obvious. I mean, if they didn't, the series is over, right? I mean, you know, right before the game, you're coming out and you're getting their best physicality. Uh, in the, the first, first ten minutes, minutes exactly. yeah. in the first ten yeah. minutes during a TV timeout, he should have gathered his team and just yep. been like, "This is how this team is going to play. Right. Yep. Stop complaining to the referees. It's not going to help your cause. Just play the game." And this comes on the heels of them sleepwalking through like the last three weeks of the season, right. losing games to Ottawa. They could have taken the Bruins. They could have taken home ways. They had it in what in January, February. They had the lead. So it's, this is a, a never ending. It's a it's a spiral here that you know, gotta wonder. You know, if if this team has it to uh, even make this a series now the Cassidy quote is just money though that I'm talking about the <laughs> knee on knee it was clean looking back on it shoulder to shoulder Kadri stayed down that's his prerogative when you get hit is awesome <laughs> nobody nobody in this greater Boston area has any respect for Kadri I don't think anyone in the league has any respect he, if, if even Leafs Leaf fans would games suspension. Right. I mean, that tells you something. Even Leafs fans would admit this guy's like a known no. embellisher. No, they would known They would not. Drama I mean, queen. They're all tweeting and saying that he's he's, he's the king he's of he's England. A great player. That's, that's the thing that I don't get is, and I tweeted this out last night. Why would you defend this guy? He has taken himself out of the lineup. He's one of your right. most important players. He gives you depth. It's one of your strongest advantages that you're so deep down the middle. He's taken himself out of the lineup two years in a row. Possibly for the rest of the series, and that goes back to your point about Marshan. When Marshan does the if he stuff did that the, gets in the if Marshan did that, would be hating him. If Marshan did that, we'd be talking about this for twelve straight hours on the right. radio. How he is sabotaging this team and how he needs to be thrown out of the city. And he's a much exactly. better player. Yeah, right. This is not even a yeah. All of Kadri's good. All right, player of the week brought to you by Wise Snacks. That'll be next, and we'll get you ready for Wiggins, Reamer, and Bradford. Quite the combination. Uh, fascinating. Uh, 
matching of, of a line there. We'll see how that goes at 9 o'clock. They'll be at Fenway. We're here for another 15 minutes. The two-hour extravaganza of Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mudd and Callahan Show and WEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. I was looking forward to this game ever since I was told I wasn't going to be a, a active participant in Thursday's game. So um, got to channel that, I think, in the right way in a, in a constructive, controlled manner and was able to make a little bit of impact today. Right well, it's, it's almost a necessity there when you don't win game one, they're in your building for game two, and um, you know it's it's a necessity of a pushback or else you know, you're know you tucking your tail and, and looking the other way, and that's not what this team's about. We've shown some great character all year, and you know, we're in a we're in another dogfight against another great team in a seven-game series. So one game at a time. Look forward to Monday, get a rest, so we can put the same sort of effort out in their building when, uh, you know, we'll keep it extra simple and, and play our game again. That is David Backus. He is the Wise Snacks Player of the Week, brought to you by Wise Snacks. Hey, and I thought I was the player of the week. Well, you called I'm, for the I'm player coaching of the, week. the team. Good, good coach job. You, it was your article before game two or after game one? After, after game one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, give common credit. Wise Snacks Player of the Week brought to you by Wise Snacks and the Wise Snacks Extra Cheesy Cheese Doodles and Bravo Stadium's Nachos available now. And Bacchus is going to be in there for Game 3. There's no debating that. You want to, you guys have any predictions for how Game 3 will go uh, matchup-wise or changes? Anything? Uh, obviously, we're waiting to see on the suspension. Yeah, the Krug's health, the Brust's health. Well, I think Krug is out. Clifton's health. It's pretty clear, huh? I mean... I would be surprised if Krug was in the lineup. If you get that blown up that you don't come back after the protocol, you're in. The, you know, he's in the protocol now, and I don't think you come back in your next game if you're in the protocol. And they're already talking about bringing up replacements. Right. Exactly. Doesn't not a lot of good signs there. As far as the matchups last night, Chara and McAvoy played over ten minutes against Tavares and Marner. So that they, if that was the a matchup, Cast, you know, right. Casty won. He got it right. Carlo played 845 against Matthews. Mm-hmm. So Car- Brandon Carlo's obviously doing a pretty good job. And yep. Austin Matthews, not right. much and there. Kr- and Krug's number would have been the same almost if uh, he yep. hadn't gone, gone out. So. And Bergeron's split time between Matthews and Tavares. So that was, as you said, it was like we didn't, it wasn't imperative right. he was out there against any one particular line. I think it's pretty much every every line got their chance. Maybe Critchie not as much, but everyone got their chance to take some licks at Tavares. And he kind of wilted a little bit. I didn't think he had nearly as good a game as he had in the first game. Now, what will Babcock want? He obviously he's going to try to get Tavares away from Chara and McAvoy whenever he can, right? That for sure. And then he'll probably he'll probably match up Tavares. Well, down the stretch he was using Matthews as a shutdown center. So does that mean he puts him, him Matthews against Bergeron, figuring if you're not going to get any points out of him, maybe you get defense out of him? That might be the, the case. I think it's it's up in the air at this point because you know clearly the Tavares thing might not be in his favor on at home actually, right? And you'll get the crowd, and uh, I'm sure they'll come out looking for the response and, and in Game maybe, Three. You know, again, I mean, don't want to pile on Mike Babcock because I'm sure he, I'm sure he's listening right now. He's very upset with me, but yep. I mean, Austin Matthews, nine, no, no, you have to find a way to get this guy going. This is Tavares aside, Monner aside. This is the guy that you're building this team around, right? This is the kid who's going to be the next thing for. 18, 20 years. Can no, you, I don't think can so. you get it's him now. Going? Mitch Marner's a better player. It's not even close. Yeah, but. The center is—it's it's pretty cool. I think Austin Matthews is a very good player. All right, and you know, and you don't build teams around wings. Great. You, you build the right? teams around centers. You know, even you know Patrick Kane has Taves, right? I mean, and that's when they were winning was when they were both at their best. You have to have the center. This is your franchise, and you can't get him going to find some points. But if they, but if they find a way games, to get Tavares and Marner out there against Camp Camper and who you know Grizzly, right. this could be a much different game. But I don't think, much yeah, different. I mean that's, that's going to happen. 
if the Bruins manage the puck the way they did in Game One, but it doesn't happen that often when you play the right way and you. If you're if they're if the Leafs are defending, they're not getting those changes. You know, the second period gets a little more difficult, but yeah, I think through the first two games, we've seen both of these teams play pretty much a full game the way that they want to play it. Right, and heading into Game Three, I'm more confident that the Bruins can play their game more than the the Leafs can play theirs because you look at Game One and the Bruins shot themselves in the foot way more than the Leafs did in Game Two. At least in my mind. Still a long series, though? You think in yeah, for six, sure. Six now or seven? Yep. I mean, now, obviously five is as quick as it could go anyway, but you sweep there and have a chance to win it. We haven't, Maybe we haven't even weekend. had a coin flip overtime yet, so you never know. I don't think anybody expected anything less than seven games. They shouldn't have. We were kind of universal six on our predictions, I think, before the series yeah. started. But when uh, actually, when I heard Kevin Miller was out, I think that's that could possibly be a game uh, deciding thing. So I, I stretched it to seven. I feel like every time the Bruins go to the playoffs, first series is going to go seven <laughs> right. games. It's just the way that it goes. Will we hear Pete Blackburn next week on Sunday Skate? He's been a true star two weeks in a row. We've got to get him on the payroll. That's first step. Uh, he's got a full-time gig at CBS thanks to Sunday Skate. he got the Sunday yes. Skate bump. We're going to be back on, I think... When's my bump coming? Yeah, yours is coming. 7 to 9, available next week if you want to do it again, or we could just scale back to 8 to 9, because I didn't know you were going to pull an all-nighter just to make it by 7. Um, oh, we'll, I'm already ready. We're doing two on Saturday and one on Sunday, right? Well, no, we, that's in the work. We could do oh. Saturdays available. If we, yeah. want to, we want to do Saturday after the game. Of course. So I think we might have a uh, Saturday and Sunday skate next week, but that's a lot. I'm, I'm not saying Pete can show up whenever he wants at this point, because he's, he's, he's doing it for the promotion. Uh, so we'll do that next week. Thanks to John Anderson. Good producing today. Well, this will be posted up at EI.com. You can listen later if you missed a lot of the show. Just wake it up. Reamer, Wiggy, and Bradfoe from our Fenway Park studios. In that order of importance, Reamer, Wiggy, and Bradfoe. That's coming up from 9 to noon and then Red Sox pregame. I'll be down at Fenway Park as well for the 12.05 pregame start. Enjoyed it. 1-1 series. It's going to be a good one. Read that comment at EI.com and follow Pete Blackburn on Twitter at Pete Blackburn. See you.